the Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, January 14th. A Versailles man was seriously injured Wednesday in a crash on Missouri 5. 32-year-old Andrew Martinez was driving when the vehicle traveled off the right side of the roadway, struck numerous embankments, became airborne, and overturned multiple times. Martinez sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. According to the crash report, Martinez was not wearing a seatbelt. It's been a quiet winter so far, but snowy weather may finally be here. With the National Weather Service predicting up to two inches of snow for the lake area from Friday night to Saturday evening, there's a 93% possibility that the lake area receives at least a trace of snow, a 61% chance getting at least two inches, and there's 24% chance of four inches or more. The Vintage Vinyl and Book Sale comes to the Camden County Museum this weekend. They'll have a wide selection of records, books, journals, and movies for sale. The event is Friday and Saturday from 9 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, and admission is free. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com, lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Blues, a nice win at home last night over the Kraken. The Blues will be uh, at home to Toronto tomorrow. High school basketball tonight on Lake TV. The game of the week, Osage at home against Lebanon. Again, you can see that game live tonight on Lake TV. Also tonight, Versailles is at home against Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks, one of the best teams in the state this year. Versailles pretty good too. Nine and four going into that one. You can see Osage head coach Craig Engelbrecht featured on this week's high school basketball coaches show. You can see that today at 10, two and six on Lake TV. How about those Chiefs? Do they have it in them to go to three straight Super Bowls? Of course, they've been in the last two. They won the first, lost last year to Tampa. Well, they open up the playoffs at home against Pittsburgh Sunday night. They beat the Steelers 36-10 to just a few weeks ago, the day after Christmas. We'll see if they can do it again. So the uh, schedule for this first week of playoff games in the AFC, the Chiefs and Steelers. The Bills will take on the Patriots, and the Bengals will be at home against the Raiders. The Titans with the number one seed have a bye this weekend. In the NFC, the Packers have the first round bye as the number one seed. The Buccaneers will be at home against the Eagles. Dallas at home against the 
49ers and the Rams entertain the Cardinals. The Packers, Bucks, Rams all finished with the best record in the league at 13 and 4. The Chiefs, Cowboys, Titans, Cardinals all finished at 12 and 5. College basketball tomorrow. The Mizzou Tigers, after getting drubbed at Arkansas earlier in the week, will be at home to Texas A&M tomorrow. Mizzou is seven and eight. MSU Bears are eleven and six. They come off a win this week over Southern Illinois. They will be at Valpo tomorrow. You got to check out KB on TV. It's what's burning. Lake TV brings you five local Lake area shows. It's greatness. You can watch Lake TV on Como Channel ninety. Also absolutely free on Roku and Fire Stick. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM. Happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. Welcome to another glorious day at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. You are listening to 89.3, KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. It is uh, the daily show, and we are uh, certainly glad to have you with us. Of course, uh, we may not be here on Monday because, well, all that snow that's supposed to come through <laughs> in the next day or so is uh, probably going to uh, keep us all in our homes. And I, I like the first three major weather events of winter. And the reason I like them is because it has given us something else to focus on other than, you know, all the nonsense that constantly goes on in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, today we'll hit a high of around uh, 51, a mix of clouds and sun. And then, of course, uh, clouds will dominate, uh, as basically they're doing right now, for the remainder of the day. And then we'll get into some rain tonight, a 100% chance for rain. Wow. I don't know that I've ever seen 100%. Well, uh, it's, yeah. They, you Is know, it 98, really? 
<laughs> or it could be 105. You never know. 105 percent. Uh-huh, yeah. 34 for the overnight low. And uh, then, of course, it all goes south as the temperature drops. We could uh, obviously see some snow tomorrow. Uh, snow estimates in terms of inches anywhere from 1 to 3 to 2 to 4. Uh, maybe a little bit more in some spots, obviously. Uh, just be glad we're not up in Iowa right now because they're anticipating 10 inches of snow for portions of Iowa. Yeah, that sounds like Iowa. The interesting thing about this is the afternoon high over the last couple of days has actually increased from about uh, 34, 35 degrees to where we are for tomorrow's afternoon high at around 38 and a low of 19. So a lot of factors are going to obviously contribute. Fortunately, we've got uh, Mr. Bob Lynch coming in here shortly to discuss uh, what's going on with MoDOT and uh, one of the things that we'll uh, talk to him about is uh, preparing for the weather. Mm-hmm. 37 the high on Sunday with a low of 28 and a partly cloudy sky. 44 the high on Monday, 55 on Tuesday, and then we drop down to 33 for the high by the middle of next week on uh, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 30, it uh, looks like 35 degrees here in beautiful downtown Camdenton with some clouds, not uh, too terribly bad. We are, uh, of course, going to be speaking here shortly with Senator Bill Eigel. He is set to call us at about 810 this morning. And we'll also talk with our good friend, Mr. Dave Moppin. We'll get the latest uh, edition of Among the Dogwoods. I did hear that uh, Camden County is going to be closed down for a while. The local government. I heard the health department was, but then I just read this morning that I think um, the Don Williams family has uh, COVID happening. So they're kind of out of commission for a little while. Well, and we're seeing that a lot. So you got... uh, you got a lot of different places. Nobody can tell people. what they have because it's kind of cold season. It's kind of flu season. It's kind of like, who knows, you know? Uh, the folks over at Lake TV <laughs> were going through some of that. Uh, some of the employees over there mm-hmm. had it. Um, and so uh, the thing about it is is you get all kinds of different opinions depending on who your doctor is. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. If everybody went to the same doctor, we'd all uh, probably get the same advice. And they'd probably all get the same disease, too. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's, that's uh-huh. at least uh-huh. we can limit it and, and narrow uh-huh. it down to one thing. That's right. Uh, but I, uh, and, you know, here's hoping that uh, that, that works here this morning. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, waiting on Senator Bill Eigel to give us a call this morning to find out just exactly uh, what's going on in his neck of the woods. Now... I can tell you that Mm. uh, he has served in the military. He was in the United States uh, Air Force for eight years. He has owned his own small business. Uh, He is actually the representative of uh, Missouri's 23rd Senatorial District, and he serves uh, St. Charles County. He he was elected to the Senate in uh, 2016 and then again in 2020. He's on the Appropriations Committee, General Laws Chairman of that committee, Health and uh, Pensions, Transportation, Infrastructure, and Public Safety, Ways and Means Vice Chairman, Joint Committee on Disaster Preparedness and Awareness Vice Chairman, Joint Committee on Education, Joint Committee on the Justice System, System. (laughs) Mm. Joint Committee on Mm. Transportation Oversight, Interim Committee on Medicaid Accountability and Taxpayer Protection, Select Committee on Redistricting. Now... I did receive a phone call last night, and I think it was from Janet Dabbs. Unfortunately, I didn't see my phone until later. So I wonder if she was calling to let us know that he might not be on the program because it is 8 <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have not heard the phone ring yet. So uh-huh. 
we'll just have to kind of wait <laughs> out and see what happens. But uh, in the meantime, Bill and I can, Bill and I can keep you uh, entertained. We're kind of, you know, we're good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know that uh, Bill Igel is supposed to have a meeting here on January twenty seventh. Not not in this building, oh. but um, I saw. I th- yeah, I think it's over at the city hall. He's going to talk about. Um, some of the difficulties conservatives are having getting legislation through the <coughs> through the primarily Republican legislature. Right. right. I think Dan Owsley <laughs> sent me a message on that. Yeah, so I was kind of hoping we'd get a preview of that this morning. But, you know. Well, hopefully he gives us a call. Um, but you know how it is sometimes with uh, politicians. Their uh, schedules change on a dime. And they just started their new sessions, so yeah, I'm sure yeah. they're busier than normal. Well, if that's the case, then we'll try to reschedule the interview. As of right now, eight twelve, and uh, no word from the senator. But uh, like I said, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll keep it here. Yeah. Today, today is, uh, by the way, National Dress Up Your Pet Day, which I think is the worst thing you can do to an animal <laughs> is put clothes on it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that done. They don't ever look pleased. Well, some of them do. I mean, you know, some of the little uh, lap dogs, like the little, the lap or the yap dogs, well, what that, I call them. That's because they're mainly victims. They figure, do what you want to me. I know you're bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Pomeranians and uh, Chihuahuas, those little tiny uh, lap dogs or yap dogs, as I call them. But you know, poor dog. You know, we we were filming our segment over at uh, our veterinary at the lake, and uh, th- thanks to James Rarica, I know James uh, says he listens. He and his wife own our veterinary, one of uh, like four locations that they have in the state, and then mm-hmm. they're thinking about opening one down in Florida. He told me yesterday, I think. We're thinking about opening one down in Florida, and I said, "Well, uh-huh. guess guess who's <laughs> retiring to Florida, uh-huh. or at least going there for the, is going to be like a snowbird, at least." I guess. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you own the business, you have to go down there every once in a while and make sure you, make sure things are running smoothly. Yeah, terrible. Uh, but you know, they do a lot of things. I I, they, I, I believe he has. Uh, does he drive a Tesla? He's got a charging station there, uh-huh. and so <laughs> Lynn Creek Police Department is getting a Tesla. No. Yes. And, <laughs> and James said their their next uh, their next patrol car is going to be a Tesla, apparently. And James said, well, you guys come over here and, you know, plug it in if you need to. Do whatever you need to do. But then he's got the solar panels out there. Uh-huh. They've also got a dog park that is open uh, sun up to sundown, 24-7, 365. You can take your dog back there and, you know, get some exercise. Hmm. Just don't go back there at 2 in the morning and start burning stuff, you know. Yeah. That's a little suspicious. He said he had a he had a late night visitor like that one time. Anyway, point being, all the way back to where I started this thing, as we take the long way around, uh, we were filming um, our episode for Lake TV yesterday. Our veterinary at the lake is one of my sponsors on uh, on what's burning. So, uh, they had a dog, and his name was Cash, and he belonged to one of the employees there. And Cash was just a big old. He was a lab Labrador, mm-hmm. beautiful dog, beautiful yeah. dog, and just one of those big old do 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 dogs. Well, the girl that owns Cash, I guess the reason she brings him to work is, you know how sometimes you have, d- dogs have separation anxiety. Ah, uh, You know yeah. what that is, right? When, right, When yeah. they leave, when you leave them alone and they yeah. freak out. Where are you going? Yeah, take We're buddies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. where are we going? Uh, but anyway, Cash, uh, he was, we used him in the, uh, in, in filming the, uh, the episode, the segment yesterday, and she put uh, uh, ski goggles on him. He had these big goggles on his head, uh-huh. and he's a good, I mean, you talk about a good dog. You know, most dogs, you put that on their head, and the first thing yeah, they want to do is get it off, off there, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, he sat there, and and then, you know, we used him in the shoot 
is, is, you know, they showed like how the examination process works where, you know, they were looking at his teeth and making sure you're looking in his so ears. So were the ski goggles a veterinarian, veterinarian safety device? Is that what they were? Uh, well, I think they just put them on it because it, it, it looks cute or something. It was TV, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he, apparently he wears them anyway. He likes to wear them. I don't know if he likes to wear them, <laughs> but he does wear them. But anyway, today is National Dress Up Your Pet Day. National Dress Up Your Pet Day. So uh-huh. if you want to do it, just put some clothes on them real quick, snap a picture, and then get the clothes off the dog or the cat or yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, where dogs and cats, I think, would probably be uh, good candidates for this. If, does anybody have, you know, do you have, like, something you could dress up uh, as far as your some clothes you could put on your boa constrictor or uh, uh, maybe yeah. your iguana? It's kind of, yeah. Well, turtles already come with, you know, their own house. True. Yes, you can paint them. I remember when we were little kids, we used to have these little turtles, and we'd get to paint their shells. Yes. Which, which I guess it proved to be not really healthy for the turtle, so they don't really allow that anymore. Yeah, the paint seeps into the shell, because yeah. the shell, even though it's a shell, it's a living thing. I right, mean, yeah. Used to be. I, I know that I, I've seen people uh, that collect turtle shells after the turtle yeah. has vacated mm-hmm. the premises. Right. We find them out in the in the forest here every every summer, sooner or later. Well, do what you want to do there. Yeah. Dress up your turtle. Dress up your iguana. Dress up your dog or your cat. Today is National Dress Up Your Pet Day. Mm-hmm. Today is uh, uh, National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day. That sounds good. Pastrami is wonderful. Uh-huh. On the right bread. Yep. Um, I don't know if you're a big fan of the Reuben. Yes. You like Reubens? Reubens are great. Um, That's the, uh, it's like corned beef with... Uh, Dressing and sauerkraut, right? Yeah. Sauerkraut, Swiss mm-hmm. cheese, Thousand Island dressing. Yep. On uh, well, some people put it on rye. Some people put it on pumpernickel. Right. But uh, when I think of pastrami, I, I've made Rubens with pastrami before, as opposed to corned beef. Sure. Why you not? do whatever the heck you yeah. want. Today is National Cesarean Section Day. Bill and I already discussed that earlier this morning. Uh huh. Yep. And I'll tell you about that off the air sometime. <laughs> if you see me, just ask me. Yeah. Today is Feast of the Ass Day. Uh. <laughs> Celebrate, well, see, now, yeah, that gets your mind out of the gutter. Uh. Celebrate one of the Bible's unsung heroes as we mark Feast uh. of the Ass Day. Okay. You thought mm-hmm. it was going to be something else. Yeah, International Kite Day. Uh, why would you have Kite Day in January? Yeah, I'm sure there are some places where you can enjoy it. Yeah, Florida, you know. Down in the southern hand, uh-huh. the southern hemisphere. Today is Organize Your Home Day. Basically, what they're telling you to do is take all the stuff you got on one side of your house and just move it over to the other side of your house. Uh-huh. And and then you can consider it organized. Today is uh, take a missionary to lunch day. Do we have any <laughs> do we have any uh, missionaries close by? I, if I, so. I've heard some natives try to do that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh today is also ratification day. Fly the American flag as high high as we celebrate ratification day in style. Ratification day. Ratification Day. Anything about Ratification Day? Ratification of, like, the Constitution? Is that what that means? Well, uh, on Ratification Day, on January 14th, the United States commemorates the ratification of the Treaty of Paris by the Confederation Congress, which ended the Revolutionary War and established America as an independent nation. All right. There was a long road between the conclusion of the Revolutionary War's hostilities and the day, and this day, rather, and the treaty still needed approval in Paris after ratifica- ratification day, but it was on this day that the United States Congress officially declared the war to be over. Uh-huh. And here's the thing about that. So now, 
in this day and age, this technologically advanced day and age that we live in, right? Yeah. As soon as they say the war is over, everybody knows. Right. Back then? You had to have a meeting. Well, that, and, and, and it probably took some time to, to get the message out to everybody. So uh, that yeah. even though technically the, the war ended, there were probably lots of things still going on for quite some time. Yeah, it's like we used to hear those stories about the Japanese being uh, like a Japanese soldier being right. stuck on an island in the South Pacific, not knowing sure. that the war had ended. Yeah. And there was a guy that uh, that happened to, and they didn't find him until, wasn't it? It's a it, long time. It was like the 70s yeah, or something. It was, yeah, it was a long time. And he was told, the last thing he was told by his commander is to defend the island. And he did. To the death. Uh-huh. But he didn't die, and they found him. Uh-huh. Like you said, they find, they find a lot of those uh, those folks, the Japanese soldiers, you know, hanging out on the, the island doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think in one particular instance, this this guy that was on this island, uh, the island had uh, people living there, and he just kind of kept a low profile, stayed mm-hmm. away from them. But I guess he was just going to do what he was going to do. 821. Yeah. Hey, let's take a quick detour back to the weather. Sure. Because you, you're our expert in all of this. Stop it. Yeah. But I'm looking at the, um, I mean, I have a, a uh, this is an iPad. So it's, this is, the weather is by Apple, and I don't really trust it a whole lot. All right. But it's showing me that all day today, it's up in the 40s and 50s, and it really gets to start to rain, like at 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And at 10 o'clock at night, it's still 43 degrees. And all night long, it's it's over the freezing temperatures, and it's raining all night long. And then even in the morning where it says it's snowing, it's still 35 degrees. So, right. so is this going to be like a non-event? Is this just going to be a real wet day? Kind of sounds that way. Yeah. Okay. Kind of sounds like the snow is going to be wet. Because uh, when I was listening to uh, the folks uh, talking about the weather this morning, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're talking two to four inches. So you can get some heavy snow. I mean, there'll be instances where we see relatively heavy snow. Uh-huh. But I think, again, it's going to be a wet snow, so it's really not going to hang around a whole long, a whole, you know, for, for very long, a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't hit the freezing point on here until 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. And then the chances of precipitation fall off pretty rapidly. Well, the question is, Bill Munhausen, yeah. did you get? Did you go out and get prepared for snowpocalypse twenty twenty two? The the one like a week or two ago. No, the one that's coming. The one that's coming. <laughs> well, the one that happened a week or two ago. I got the snow shovel in and I got my salt ready. Okay. But it's kind of hopeless here because I got this big, great big gravel parking lot. There's not much you can do to it. Well, no, I'm talking more about like, are you and Peggy prepared? Like, did you get to be able to get out your supplies? Oh, we we all we have always had supplies. Oh, very good. Ever since Y two K, we've had supplies. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, that's the that's the important point. Five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five. Are you prepared for snowpocalypse twenty twenty two? This is our first major snowstorm of the year. So, did you take the time to already go to? I went shopping yesterday. And it's always a delightful experience because I'm 6'2". I weigh, well, that's not important, but <laughs> I, I'm big enough to be seen. Uh-huh, yeah. And there's always that person that just kind of stands in the aisle like they're oblivious to everything going on around them. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody like that yesterday. I wasn't there yesterday, so it wasn't me. No. <laughs> but I was 
going down the aisle, and and I just I stopped and I waited, and I, and, and I wasn't rude or anything to the person, but mm-hmm. I'm like, you've got to be able to see me. You've got to be able to see me. I can't. I'm not somebody who moves very stealthy. Uh-huh, I'm not, uh-huh. You know, I can't blend into the background like a ninja <laughs> or a sniper. Yeah, or, or, or somebody like that. Yeah, who's this guy in the winter with a t-shirt and shorts on? You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> you would think somebody, and uh, and I'm I'm not saying well, you know, I'm KB, so you should move out of my way. I'm not saying anything like that at uh-huh, all. Right. I'll be patient with you, but I mean, it's like you, you know, you got to be able to see me. Come on, seriously. Yep. I I have found those people. They kind of are like right in the middle of everything. I like them, and they're nice people, and uh-huh. a lot of times then they look up and they go, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I've been there. And I was like, you're fine. Uh-huh. You know, whatever. Just don't block the whole darn aisle, will you? <laughs> Cart's right in the middle of the uh-huh. aisle. Nobody can get around you. And now, of course, they've got these uh, these folks that work in, uh, in Walmart that'll oh, shop for you. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what you do is you get... You oh, is that what the pickup area is for? They're, they're yeah. like shopping for yeah. you, and they... Then you drive into the pickup parking spot. I just had to do that for the very first time at Christmas because uh, my daughter in Denver sent something through Walmart, right? Which we've decided we'll never do again. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. I, this I, is where you call I, in I, your grocery I, order, and they, they they shop for you. Yeah. And so my buddy Andy Everly that works at Walmart, I got. It's like getting behind a snowplow, you know, when it's when it's snowing, like you, yeah. you got a hard, a really bad snow, like it's really snowing, uh-huh. and you're behind the snowplow. Yeah. And the snowplow is helping you pave the way. Yeah. Sometimes what, you're best staying behind them. That's what I did yesterday. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. behind Andy and and Andy and I just. Found <laughs> it. <laughs> and then you know I had to go over to another part of the store and get some other stuff. So that's when I had to abandon the snowplow mm-hmm. or, the, or the snowplow. Uh, techno- uh, thought process or technology or whatever you want to call it. but yeah. I'm watching the radar here this morning as well, and uh, we are getting precipitation in northern parts of the state. It is moving to the southeast, and that's uh, basically, I see, I don't know if I can get it there. Uh, let's see who our, uh, who our caller is this morning. Let's see what's on our caller's mind here this morning. Let us jump in here. And caller, good morning to you. What's going on? Hello? Hi, caller. Are you there? Do you mean to tell me (laughs) that the spam folks have already found our our radio (laughs) station number? That could be interesting. Yeah. We'll have to talk to some of those people. What's up, caller? I can. I, I, I thought I could hear your breathing back there. Nope. They gone. That's all right, though. Six, six. <laughs> uh, and see, here's the thing about it with, and I don't know if, I, uh, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to leave right. it as is, and uh, we'll work on it later. 8.27 is our time, and uh, obviously I don't think that uh, our good buddy. Uh-oh. I don't think our good buddy um, Senator Eigel is uh, is going to talk with us here this morning. So maybe uh, he had uh, uh, another obligation, something yeah. that prevented him from doing the radio interview. But I will tell you this much: that uh, okay, let's uh, let's do it. Caller, good morning. You are on Key Radio. What's up? 
Oh, just uh, can you hear me now? I can. Thank you for uh, for calling back. Yeah. No, I was just calling. I know that there's a lot of concerns with COVID uh, in the area, and the Camden County Health Department and uh, the county building was shut down. I didn't know if you guys you guys been talking about it for the past year or two, but it's uh, it's interesting times down here uh, with everything going on. But I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on that or if if the whole building was was sick or what was going on. Well, I know that uh, they told us the health department the other day was shut down because of COVID and and a shortage of employees, and I think. That's the same thing that's going on over at the Camden County Courthouse right now because they've closed down until next week. And as far as uh, any of the sheds, are, are you talking about uh, the road and bridge employees? Well, they were just saying the annex building, I think, was a part of it. But it's just not, it's just uh, very interesting, all this funding we had floating around everywhere. And, you know, we spent all that money, and then yet the county still shut down. Just uh, well, I, mean, I know everybody. If you get sick, you get sick. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, none of the none of the funding that's floating around has much to do with preventing COVID. It's <laughs> it's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Other than that, nothing <laughs> nothing really stops you from getting the common cold or anything. It's nothing government can do. No, it just seems like if, if the goal was to stay open and try to keep working, uh, are we spending this money on the correct things? Or are we just frivolously spending it on things? You know, I've often. I know a year ago when that money came, we we spent. You know that we built, we bought that video system, and it was eight hundred thousand dollars they spent. But if they're not going to be open, then what's all that money really going to? Does it really help the problem, or is it just buying fancy things? Yeah, I've often thought a lot of these big uh, locations ought to try decentralizing. I've, I've thought about that with the schools, for example. That uh, if the schools were more spread out and they had some kind of a a flu or or something go through a school building, it wouldn't affect an entire campus of thousands of people. And that's kind of true of government. If they were a little spread out, if they had separate smaller buildings, they wouldn't all be uh, in the same boat, so to speak, when we have these kind of infections going around. Well, it's, you know, it's putting our resources where we think they might do good. But if, like you said, if it's a centralized system and they cut the main cord. I think you're seeing a lot of that with the decentralization of, you know, the economy with Bitcoin and all this other stuff kind of going on. But it's interesting how, I guess, slow government works and what we thought we were going to do to protect it is showing it really hasn't done anything. And now our, you know, our own government shut down. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting that all the, the no mask meetings we have around here and all this stuff, and then, you know, I guess the result is we're we're shut down. Well, we got this new variant out called Omicron, and it's supposed to be much more infectious. So it's it's kind of natural that it's going to run through populations, and wherever lots of people have to work together, it's going to run through all of them. So. Is it Omicron, or are they just masking it, and, and it's, <laughs> it's the common cold? You know what I mean? Because everybody says the symptoms are like the common cold. You have a runny nose, you know, you, you maybe mm-hmm. maybe a cough. Sometimes you might even have a little bit of I a just fever. Find, I just find it interesting that, that the government would shut down, but yet our schools aren't doing anything different to try to prevent it from happening. It's kind of like a slow death, well, watching a, a train crash, I guess. Yeah, you have to be careful what you're going on for the last couple of years. 
you got to be careful what you hope for. I, I saw I, a, a uh, there's a story up in Chicago where all the teachers went on strike, and after four days of negotiating, they finally decided to go back to work. And the very first day they go back to work, half of the teachers walk off because everybody's got kind of flu and cold sim symptoms. So they're saying it's just too dangerous to work here. Or so they say. Oh, I think we see that everywhere. The hospitals are burnt out. Everybody's burnt out. It's, uh, I don't know. What's, what's a year from now look like? Uh, I don't know, uh, but hey, listen, I uh, appreciate you taking the time. We have to uh, step aside here this morning. And Thank you, guys. Up. You betcha. We appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. And uh, we're going to uh, jump in with our information block, and we will let you know that Bob Lynch is headed in to uh, help us out and maybe uh, point us in the right direction this morning with what's going to be happening weather-wise as far as uh, what MoDOT plans on doing. It is 833. What is it going to look like in a year? Oh, I don't know. Uh, just how long does the government want to hold on to us and control us? That's uh, probably a good way to assess that particular situation. And uh, we know that they would love to keep doing what they're doing. Stacy Johnson joining us now from LakeExpo.com, the Lake's trusted news source. Also, Chris Schneider, my buddy Chris Schneider over there at Lake TV with sports on the key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, January 14th. A salesman was seriously injured Wednesday in a crash on Missouri 5. 32-year-old Andrew Martinez was driving when the vehicle traveled off the right side of the roadway, struck numerous embankments, became airborne, and overturned multiple times. Martinez sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. According to the crash report, Martinez was not wearing a seatbelt. It's been a quiet winter so far, but snowy weather may finally be here. With the National Weather Service predicting up to two inches of snow for the lake area from Friday night to Saturday evening, there's a 93% possibility that the lake area receives at least a trace of snow, a 61% chance getting at least two inches, and there's 24% chance of four inches or more. The Vintage Vinyl and Book Sale comes to the Camden County Museum this weekend. They'll have a wide selection of records, books, journals, and movies for sale. The event is Friday and Saturday from 9 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, and admission is free. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com, lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris.
Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Blues, a nice win at home last night over the Kraken. The Blues will be uh, at home to Toronto tomorrow. High school basketball tonight on Lake TV. The game of the week, Osage at home against Lebanon. Again, you can see that game live tonight on Lake TV. Also tonight, Versailles is at home against Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks, one of the best teams in the state this year. Versailles pretty good too. Nine and four going into that one. You can see Osage head coach Craig Engelbrecht featured on this week's high school basketball coaches show. You can see that today at 10, 2, and 6 on Lake TV. How about those Chiefs? Do they have it in them to go to three straight Super Bowls? Of course, they've been in the last two. They won the first, lost last year to Tampa. Well, they open up the playoffs at home against Pittsburgh Sunday night. They beat the Steelers 36-10 to just a few weeks ago, the day after Christmas. We'll see if they can do it again. So the uh, schedule for this first week of playoff games in the AFC, the Chiefs and Steelers. The Bills will take on the Patriots, and the Bengals will be at home against the Raiders. The Titans with the number one seed have a bye this weekend. In the NFC, the Packers have the first round bye as the number one seed. The Buccaneers will be at home against the Eagles. Dallas at home against the 49ers. And the Rams entertain the Cardinals. The Packers, Bucks, Rams all finished with the best record in the league at 13-4. and The Chiefs, Cowboys, Titans, Cardinals all finished at 12-5. and College basketball tomorrow. The Mizzou Tigers, after getting drubbed at Arkansas earlier in the week, will be at home to Texas A&M tomorrow. Mizzou is 7-8. and eight. MSU Bears are 11-6. and six. They come off a win this week over Southern Illinois. They will be at Valpo tomorrow. you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. It's greatness. You can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90, also absolutely free on Roku and Fire Stick. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. If worldview has such a powerful hold over people, how do we overcome it? Hillary Clinton's mentor, Saul Alinsky, advocated a ruthless process of fragmenting society into classes, using ridicule and peer pressure to change people's minds. Alinsky believed that honorable people would be helpless because they would continue to seek the high road, and the low road would overwhelm them. Donald Trump astutely shook things up by not being such a high road conservative, and the Alinsky-inspired media has gone nuts over it. It's highly entertaining, maybe even game-changing, but not a strategy Bible believers can embrace. We are called to be salt and light in order to overcome the worldview of the enemy. The hero of a superhero show was told that his real power was his goodness. The Lord's goodness is our superpower, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this present darkness. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. All right, 839, welcome back into The Daily Show. And uh, I can tell you now that uh, we, I guess, will be with Senator Bill Eigel of the uh, 23rd Senatorial District. Basically, his area of concern is St. Charles County. 
So we'll make sure that happens uh, next Friday. I can tell you we will have um, Bev Aylin back on with us. She's going to join us uh, every couple of weeks and let us know what's going on with the uh, organization uh, Concerned Women uh, of America, uh, for America, of Missouri, rather. And uh, so she'll be joining us next Friday at uh, 810. I, I do know that for certain because we've already confirmed that. And also I want to send a shout-out to Fozzie Simon. Fozzie uh, uh, could very well be a guest here coming up shortly. He is uh, he is interested in offering up. You know, we, we talk legal terms and uh, legal situations, and uh, Fozzie, whose uh, office is located right there on the square in Camdenton, uh, said he'd be uh, happy as all get out to come talk to us uh, about certain legal situations, and uh, I think that's great. That's wonderful. Thank you for offering it up, and I'm finding, you know, more and more people are uh, wanting to come on and and, uh, talk about uh, their particular situation. We talked about the Lake Area Needs Initiative. Lanai will be on uh, Monday. Uh, Judy Crawford and uh, Bob Robinson will be in to talk about what they've got going on. Also, uh, Freedom's, uh, Freedom's Call the uh, yeah, Brett Sterley. Yeah. Brett Sterley is going to be on with us uh, next uh, Tuesday. He'll be on Tuesday at 8.10, so uh, make sure he's one of our content providers. You can hear his program on Key Radio as well. And then uh, Ike will be with us on Wednesday, Mindy and Danny Ellison on uh, Thursday. And, of course, uh, the gentleman we're talking, uh, getting ready to talk to you right now, Bob Lynch, will be back on with us, and uh, Dave Maupin uh, this Friday and next Friday as well. And Bob joins us now here at the Key Gathering Place as we prepare for Snowpocalypse 2022. There you go. (laughs) Good morning, Bill. Good morning, KB. Good to see you, Bob. Thanks for coming in. Always. uh, No, thanks for having us. When does, now, we've known because, you know, I I think everybody gets excited when when winter really kicks in, and we've had a couple of events already. And we're uh, we're planning on having another one. The biggest of the the three so far uh, is uh, is coming up tomorrow. How far out? As as soon as MoDOT becomes aware of the that there is going to be a significant weather situation, how far out do you folks start uh, planning for this? Well, we start having our statewide conference calls uh, for this storm. We did uh, two days ago, right? And uh, that involves the National Weather Service, involves uh, other state agencies, Highway Patrol, SEMA, and, uh, of course, all the districts statewide and our division offices. And we just go through, and uh, first we understand what the forecast is. We learn that. And and then we get updates uh, hourly, really, uh, obviously. And and then usually, depending on the event uh, we may have another statewide meeting you know it may go every six hours and we have one or maybe we wait go ahead and wait uh, 24 hours till the next day and do it so it just depends on the situation and in, in this case you know yes we we've had those advanced meetings and we learn how many trucks are down we learn how many uh, people may be off uh, for various reasons uh, you know we are short staffed to begin with right several hundred still that way across the state and then the uniqueness about this storm is that it's going to be a statewide event. And uh, the previous two, we've been able to, uh, you know, shift resources around. Uh, this one's going to be more of a challenge. It, we can still do that, but it's going to be within the districts only is probably what you'll see. You can't take people from southeast Missouri and move them to northwest if they're going to have snow as well. And uh, even though the timing is a little different, but still you can't be moving those 
large resources around the state uh, with this event. So, um, you know, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. Uh, you know, it's the weekend. Hopefully that will keep people home. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. The, I know you guys were talking about it before I came on, and it's going to be a he heavy, wet snow. They have told us that. We know that by looking at the temperatures as well. And um, so hopefully the pavements will stay wet, but it's really about the application rate. And I think you, you said that, you know, the, the rate of the storm, the snow coming down, if it's coming down uh, very heavy and we're, we're being forecasted to have that, you know, at certain times, it's going to accumulate on the pavement. It's going to be slushy. It's going to be heavy. And that in itself creates, uh, you know, hazardous road conditions right. for people to drive on. So I guess maybe your eyes and ears, as far as the group that you meet with, is kind of like the Missouri State Highway Patrol because they're traveling out there and they can uh, get a pretty good gauge of road conditions. And then do they radio back to, let's say, somebody at MoDOT and, 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 and let them know that, hey, down here in uh, southwest Missouri or southeast Missouri or northwest Missouri, we've got a lot of snow. Can we concentrate a little bit more? But as you just stated, that's kind of difficult when you're talking about a major snow event that involves basically the entire state of Missouri and your resources are, are, are stretched a little bit thin already. Uh, and, and so let's say, for example, the northwestern corner of the state, uh, you know, gets a significant amount of snow. Now, to the north, Iowa is also uh, expected to get quite a bit more than, than we're anticipating. But do you ever rely on help from other states when you're shorthanded like this? I mean, you've got Kansas, you've got Nebraska, you've got Iowa up there in the northwest corner. So would any of those uh, DOTs be able to assist Missouri if we kind of find ourselves in o over our heads a little bit? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, my guess is, you know, along the border, we I'm sure we help each other out. It's just like, uh, you know, the border here between, you know, Miller and Cole County, for instance. Uh, I'm sure that some of those things ha occur, but fr from a statewide event, no, I'm not aware of of large, uh, you know, resources being moved. You know, like during the hurricane, you know, we will send uh, potentially crews down to help with uh, signals to get restored and vice versa. They may come up here if we have an ice storm that takes down a lot of uh, traffic signals, we might get help from the other state agencies. Right. But, you know, so it is possible to happen. just depends on the intensity. I think that... Uh and that's the example that you cited it perfectly, that when we have situations where uh, severe weather moves through uh, and there is a significant amount of power outages, uh, sure, we'll send a crew. Amron, you know, we'll send some, some people down there, some of the other electric cooperatives uh, doing that as well, as well as, you know, assisting uh, with, uh, you know, roads and infrastructure and things like that, because... It's important to establish that stuff as quickly as possible when it goes down. I mean, to get it back up so that, you know, you don't add to the problem without, you know, you don't have your, your electric signals. Maybe you've got uh, things, uh, debris in the roadway and things like that, and, and it really hinders uh, the, the process of uh, getting emergency vehicles to people if they need them. Right. And, you know, just like our task force one, the uh, emergency responders that help, you know, find people that may be trapped in buildings and things like that. They get called into duty to go to other states. Right. And so it, it's based on the intensity. And, you know, this storm is not just going to be in Missouri and Iowa. It's going to be all the way, you know, from the Midwest all the way to the East Coast. Right. And impacting several states. So um, hopefully, uh, you know, it's that warmer weather that's going to help us out a little bit. Uh, and, and then you got the cold coming in right behind it. 
So hopefully the, the roads will dry up before it gets too cold and, you know, causes a problem from a reefery standpoint. Um, and then, you know, as that storm leaves the state, uh, obviously the, the, the northwest part of the state's going to be able to kind of shift its forces to the south. As, the, as they clean up their roads, then they can start heading south to har start helping people, you know, more towards the middle of the state. So, it, um, you know, once it starts snowing, we're behind. I, you know, I just want people to understand that. We're going to be behind once it starts snowing, and that happens every storm you know, because we can't cover every roadway instantly. And uh, so the best thing is to plan, if you have to go out, plan your trip. Be prepared for different conditions as you're traveling. You know, it may be nice here in Camden. Roads may be wet, but as you get to Eldon, temperature change, and all of a sudden you've got, you know, two inches of snow on the ground. Right on. And uh, so definitely as you look at the state entirely, you're going to have more snow up, up to the north. So uh, plan accordingly, but really just stay home, and that's the best thing you can do, and then just be patient until we get the roads clean. Get out, get your bread, your eggs, your milk today, and then hunker down for tomorrow. Yeah, and again, the nice thing is it's the weekend. The, that first event we had uh, during New Year's uh, Day, uh, people stayed home, and, that, and we saw that difference on the roadways, and that was great. The next one occurred during the middle of the week. Uh, people were out working, school, uh, what have you. I know school was off, but uh, still it was more activity on the roadways, and it was a different situation for our drivers. So hopefully people will be, uh, be staying home. Yeah, that's, uh, that's best advice. If you have to travel, be prepared and uh, take things with you that you need. Water, protein bars, blankets, uh, maybe a snow shovel, some cat litter. Uh, but quite frankly, if you don't have to be out there, just, uh, just stay put and hunker down. Enjoy, uh, enjoy spending time with the family. There you go. If, if, that is, is, if that is something that people still enjoy doing. Hey, we've been watching old uh, movies uh, that we recorded when the kids were little, and yeah, uh, of course they're they're embarrassed by what they're seeing when they were little, and even uh, what Dad did back at that, that time is <laughs> embarrassing as well. But we're all getting a good laugh, and like you said, spending uh, family time together. Outstanding. That's great. Hey, uh, what about? Uh, I guess we talked to you about it last week, but uh, Bagnell Dam, the project uh, has has been slow but sure. And uh, you, you guys just want to get that headache over and done with and move on, don't you? We do. <laughs> and I was uh, talking to the resident engineer, and, and he, that's exactly what he said just about. Uh, but uh, we're working on the sidewalks right now. Uh, the contractor has uh, removed the rotten concrete along the sidewalks, and it's, it's a significant amount, uh, basically from what we call the headworks, where the power generation is at, uh, to the south. Uh, a lot of the sidewalk is being repaired along that stretch, and... Um, and that's good. That's what we want to do. That's part of the project. It's not a surprise there, but it, that, that's another thing that takes time. And, uh, but they're also working on the curbs, you know, the, over the years, the aesthetics, people have, uh, talked to us about those concerns. And so we're repairing the curbing to make it look nicer when we're done. So we're each day, we're a day closer and, uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to give you some dates on when we think we might be able to reopen. But right now we, we just don't. And, and of course, we got this weather coming in this weekend. Well, you know, the cosmetic uh, aspect of what's going on, I know a lot of people have discussed that and the need to fix it, make it look a little nicer. But even though the sidewalks and curbs and everything like that will be repaired, it's all the razor wire now that everybody's complaining about because for uh, 
for security purposes, I guess they have to put all that stuff up there. So, And, and that has absolutely nothing to do with MoDOT. But I had a lengthy conversation the other day uh, with a lady when she knew that you know you were coming on, and so she was talking to me about, uh, well, what are they what are they going to do about the sidewalks and, and things? I said, well, I guess they're going to repair those, replace them, you know, put them in, make it all look nice and neat. She said, well, the dam has just kind of lost its 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 flavor. It's or what I can't remember the word she used, uh, but she said with all that razor wire that they've got up there now, and I said, well, unfortunately, ma'am, that's not there. You know, they didn't put it up due to what they wanted to do. That's uh, FERC or whoever, you know, Homeland Security or whoever talks about that stuff and, 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 and suggests that they have that stuff in place because right after 9-11, um, there was that, there was a car or something that was spotted near the dam and uh, I guess some uh, some gentleman in the vehicle, uh, somebody said they looked to be of Middle Eastern descent. I said, well, did you walk up and ask them? <laughs> oh, no, we didn't want to get too close to them if they had a bomb in the car. I said, well, uh, that's kind of speculative, and and uh, so we, we don't know for sure. But uh, it is nice to see the the dam being uh, being fixed up, and, you know, you have the new surface, and then you'll have the sidewalks and the curbs. And, and you know, it really makes for, quote, unquote, you know, no pun intended, curb appeal when people drive over the dam, so... It'll, it'll help with that, and, and actually what we're really trying to do is get another 15, 20 years of life out of it as mm-hmm. well. So, you know, fixing the curbs uh, is aesthetics, but it's also trying to repair that area that's around the joints. That's the, that's the location where the curbing has deteriorated over the years. And right. If that area is not fixed, then you've got water seeping through the bridge deck down, on, down onto the dam, and, and over years that just creates problems. So it's, it's about longevity is really what this project is about. I'm interested to know, um, you know, they have now proposed a, a possible sports complex coming to the Lake of the Ozarks. You, you've seen that, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Do they consult MoDOT at, at all in any way as far as, I know uh, you can't do anything about the, the county roads or the city roads, but just any of the main arteries that would be affected by, you know, let's say they have some big, huge sporting event. And uh, is MoDOT at all ever consulted uh, in these matters as to how, you know, the flow of traffic is is going to increase dramatically over, you know, maybe a one-day period where people are coming in and then when the event's over, people are leaving? Do you ever get any inquiries about things going on like that? We do if it's, you know, definitely impacting the state system, if if they're going to have an entrance to the state system. um, We plan accordingly and, you know, maybe they want to install a traffic light and then you, you know, you time those lights during those events to handle the traffic. And, you know, we do that statewide as to the best of our abilities. Uh, do you design a roadway for those kind of events? No, that's, that's uh, probably outside the, the realm of what you really want to practically do. But it's, you know, it's, we do look at future forecast traffic amounts. So we, we look 20 years into the future how much traffic volume will be down here at the lake. And it's more than what's here today. And so you design according to that 20-year forecast, and, and that usually takes care of the 99% of what you got to deal with. Probably an area that's more about um, county responsibility. I'm thinking of like uh, Stone Ridge Amphitheater, or what, what's now Ozark's Amphitheater. When that was built, everybody said, well, how are people going to get in this place? Because it was just lots of city and county roads. Right. Um, you know, that, that traffic there, depending on their events, could back up uh, to the interchange, and then they have issues mm-hmm. at the interchange. So 
we're aware of that, uh, but we don't require the amphitheater to do anything. You know, it's 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 outside uh, their limits, so to speak, and you know we'll we'll deal with the traffic to the best of our abilities. You know, maybe at some point you got to put in signals down there at Pier 31 interchange. We're a long way away from that, but uh, yeah, I remember how messed up Bran Brainerd uh, Branson used to be. Right. Because you used to have terrible traffic down there, and it took a while for them to catch up with it. So, you know, we sometimes we can help. You know, here in Camden, the they want a stoplight at uh, at the Orschland Gerbs location. The state's not going to come in and do that. Um, that's a private area, you know, private business area, and uh, there's no public road there for for us to really look at. And so uh, the developer can come in and request a signal, and we'll review it with them and uh, make sure the engineering studies support the need for a traffic light, just like at Walmart. You know, they talk to us about that one. Right. So uh, those things do happen, and sometimes they don't, and then you're, you got to deal with whatever uh, kind of activity is, is there. Well, people seem to think that that might be beneficial, having a signal there. You've got one at Walmart, and then you've got one at Laker Drive, and then you're going to put one in between the two. So how do you time that traffic flow? Because you've, you've inevitably got the big rush, the big push coming from when the uh, traffic is stopped at Walmart, and then that light goes green, and you have to sit there for a while sometimes. But I mean, you, can, you can. You can. You can do your best to try to plan for that, and we're, we're trying every day to adjust the signals there uh, to do better. Uh, but then you've got different volumes throughout the year, as we all know. Right. Uh, the signals through Osage Beach, for example, back when uh, we were on the existing route on the parkway, uh, we coordinated all those from KK all the way over to Lake Ozark uh -huh. to try to help traffic get out of here uh, on Sundays, and we were pretty successful with that. And we and we still coordinate the one-way couple area, we call it, to keep keep traffic moving. So we're getting better with that here in Camden. We have that technology, radio technology. You see those uh, satellite disks up on the signals. We do have connectivity from the square down to the interchange all the way over to our office there in Osage Beach that allows our engineers to view what's going on there mm -hmm. instead of you know being here in person. And then we can manipulate those signals from a desk in Jeff City and, and try to make improvements. So uh, we're getting better. You, Bill, mentioned Branson. And what it was like down there, well, years ago here at the Lake of the Ozarks, before they put in two lanes and the suicide lane, uh, which was at one point Highway 54, it was similar to Branson. And the first year I moved down here, and I went to work during the day, and it wasn't too bad, and then I left in the evening at about 6 o'clock, you couldn't move. It would take me mm -hmm. in, in my – I lived five miles from where I worked at that time, okay? It took me over an hour – to get home, wow. to, to, to make it five miles. So fortunately, we've come a long way. And, and the icing on the cake for all of this is I love seeing the survey crews from ODOT out there on West 54 in Camdenton. They're starting to eye that up and, and, and do what's necessary, and I think that's great. And, and I'll tell you what, the people that live on West 54, especially around like Lakeview, those people are jumping up and down going, this is great. This is awesome. <laughs> no, that's good to hear. And it's, it's going to help break up traffic, you know, adding those additional lanes. And that's the intended purpose when you go from three lanes to five lanes. It just does that. But at some point in the future, kind of like the east side of the square, you get to where you're having congestion again, even on the five-lane section. Yeah. I was listening to uh, a radio station in Jeff City, and, 
and they, they were kidding, or maybe they weren't, but they said, <laughs> I remember the last time I made a left turn on Missouri Boulevard, and that was back in the 70s. <laughs> so um, are we there yet? You know, yeah, I'm sure some, some people talk about, the yeah, last time I made a left turn in Camden was back in the 80s. Yeah. So, um, you know, we laugh about it, but it's, 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 it's reality. Well, listen, good luck this weekend to you and to all the members of MoDOT. And uh, I know we've got the, uh, the guys that listen here at the, uh, the shed in Camdenton. And uh, good luck to all of those folks that are going to be out there uh, taking care of the snow, doing the best job humanly possible to get it off the road so that we can uh, travel from point A to point B. And uh, everybody be safe and, and, and give the, the, the folks driving the plow a break. You know what I mean? Give them a break. Don't uh, try not to run into them. You know, I mean, it's a big yellow truck. We were talking about big things and people not paying attention earlier in the in the show. But it's a big, giant yellow truck. You've got to be able to see it. If you see it, just be cool. Well, you don't don't cause any problems for the folks driving them. No, we appreciate those comments. And yes, if you're behind them, stay behind them. Just take your time to get get to where you're going. Uh, that's probably the safest place to be is behind the snow plow as opposed to trying to pass it and get around it and of course you got the city and state and county crews out there as well absolutely and uh you know hats off to all those crews that are going to you know spend the next 24 hours trying to take care of us it is straight up nine o'clock on the midwest coast bob lynch thank you sir we'll talk to you again next friday thank you gentlemen very good it's time for us to uh, take a quick informational break we'll do that with news from stacy johnson from lakeexpo.com your trusted news source also chris schneider from lake tv with a check of sports right here on Key Radio. As he's over in the corner warming up, we've got him a we got him a heavy bag. He's doing some push-ups. He's simulating playing pickleball. The one and only Dave Bopman will join us among the dogwoods talking about what's happening with your Camden County Commission on the The Lake of the Ozarks only community radio station. That's right. You've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, January 14th. Other salesman was seriously injured Wednesday in a crash on Missouri 5. 32-year-old Andrew Martinez was driving when the vehicle traveled off the right side of the roadway, struck numerous embankments, became airborne, and overturned multiple times. Martinez sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. According to the crash report, Martinez was not wearing a seatbelt. It's been a quiet winter so far, but snowy weather may finally be here. With the National Weather Service predicting up to two inches of snow for the lake area from Friday night to Saturday evening, there's a 93% possibility that the lake area receives at least a trace of snow, a 61% chance getting at least two inches, and there's 24% chance of four inches or more. The Vintage Vinyl and Book Sale comes to the Camden County Museum this weekend. They'll have a wide selection of records, books, journals, and movies for sale. The event is Friday and Saturday from 9 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, and admission is free. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com, lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, 
visitors and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Tow. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Blues, a nice win at home last night over the Kraken. The Blues will be uh, at home to Toronto tomorrow. High school basketball tonight on Lake TV. The game of the week, Osage at home against Lebanon. Again, you can see that game live tonight on Lake TV. Also tonight, Versailles is at home against Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks, one of the best teams in the state this year. Versailles pretty good too nine and four going into that one you can see osage head coach craig engelbrecht featured on this week's high school basketball coaches show you can see that today at 10 2 and 6 on lake tv how about those chiefs do they have it in them to go to three straight super bowls of course they've been in the last two they won the first lost last year to tampa well they open up the playoffs at home against pittsburgh sunday night they beat the steelers 30 Six to ten. Just a few weeks ago, the day after Christmas, we'll see if they can do it again. So the uh, schedule for this first week of playoff games in the AFC: the Chiefs and Steelers. The Bills will take on the Patriots, and the Bengals will be at home against the Raiders. The Titans, with the number one seed, have a bye this weekend. In the NFC, the Packers have the first round bye as the number one seed. The Buccaneers will be at home against the Eagles. Dallas at home against the 49ers and the Rams entertain the Cardinals. The Packers, Bucks, Rams all finished with the best record in the league at 13-4. and four. The Chiefs, Cowboys, Titans, Cardinals all finished at 12-5. and five. College basketball tomorrow. The Mizzou Tigers, after getting drubbed at Arkansas earlier in the week, will be at home to Texas A&M tomorrow. Mizzou is 7-8. and eight. MSU Bears are 11-6. They come off a win this week over Southern Illinois. They will be at Valpo tomorrow. You got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. It's greatness. You can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90. Also absolutely free on Roku and Fire Stick. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM.
We're happy to be the Lake Sounding Board. Community radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. It's 89.3, the key. All right, it is 9.08, and you are listening to Key Radio here. As we broadcast live from the Key Gathering Place, South Business 5 in Camden, you're always uh, always welcome to stop by and see us anytime between 8 and 10. Sit in and come in and hang out, stay warm. We'll get you. Bill, Bill will make you a cup of coffee if you ask him real nice. Yes, I, I do make coffee, yes. <laughs> you can play pickleball. There's pickleball here. Well, actually, it it serves it, it serves its purpose as a pickleball net, but it's also a security barrier for us. I and, and, and I want to thank you for when you came in, you stayed on your side of the barrier until that's right until you were needed here uh, behind the mic. That's our green room. <laughs> it's it's Bill's construction zone too. That's you notice uh, I did get the the giant desk move out moved I, out, so I, it's it's now back there. And, and how did that go for you? Was that? It was not, it was not bad. Yeah. I, it's, uh, it was a lot easier than when you had to go pick it up. Very much <laughs> easier than that, yes. Yes, and now I have this expansive workspace. What does your wife think about your expansive wor- workspace? I, I, no, she's okay with it. Yeah. She was skeptical at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> We're at 37 degrees. 37 degrees and some clouds. It looks like... Uh, uh, again, uh, we're going to get up to a relatively decent high considering. Uh, probably about 51, 52 degrees before it's all said and done. Clouds in and out throughout the course of the day. And then 34, the overnight low. Starts to rain uh, later tonight. And that rain as the temperature drops will eventually change over to snow. But we are looking for a high tomorrow of around 38. A low of 19 for Saturday. Partly cloudy on Sunday. High 37, uh, low 28. Go Chiefs, Chiefs and Steelers. If the uh, Chiefs hope to stay in the playoffs or at least get a little closer to uh, a Super Bowl appearance, yeah, obviously they've got to win on Sunday night. Fortunately, the game will be at Arrowhead, which is nice. I guess um, the only – well, I don't want to get into all the uh, possibilities if the Chiefs win where they have to go and who they have to play. I, I guess it would be – I don't know. Uh, would it be Tennessee or Reddy, or would they have to play another game before they play the Titans – in order to, uh, well, the Titans are the top seed, so they get the uh, they get Sunday off. Anywho, when does baseball season start? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Did, did I miss something? Did the Steelers already play the Chiefs? Did that happen? That was during the regular season, and they lost. The St- the Steelers lost. Yes. Yes, but the, why aren't they supposed to have like a rematch soon? A rematch? Yeah, don't the Steelers play the? Well, Didn't the Steelers somehow get to well, the close well, to the playoffs? Right. The, the interesting are. thing was that was when the Chargers played the Raiders, mm-hmm. and if it was a tie, there was the, both teams would have made it in. It was the only way the Steelers couldn't make it, and I think if if they both tied each other, but then the coach of the Chargers screwed up at the end of the game and blew the chance to have a tie. Yeah. So the Chargers ended up losing, and then they were eliminated. Then the Steelers got in. Right. The Raiders won that game in overtime. Right. Which is, it's just amazing all the, how, how much of a mathematician you have to be around certain times <laughs> of the season. And, well, when you get close to playoff season, you know, every, everybody's watching it uh, closely. And it, it, even if they have the slimmest chance uh, at all of getting into the playoffs. See, when I was growing up, there was just the NFL. I mean, there was no playoffs and everything. It was just you trying to win. Yeah. There was no math involved. Well, I'm sure there was. <laughs> Well, eventually it's going to be where all but two teams get into the playoffs. Yes. Then they'll all just have, <laughs> <laughs> have a big tournament. 
Well, and, and you know, it's it's like do it, away with the whole facade of a season. <laughs> it's like all of the college football bowl games. Are they right. really necessary? I mean, we used to have the the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl. Uh, you know, and and now they've just gone overboard with it. You know. Yeah, I agree. You know, the uh, Trojan Condoms Bowl. Really? Really? Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They, they, there are so many bowls. I think now you just have to have maybe five or six wins and you automatically get in. I think six wins and you get a bowl bid. You yeah. know, if you, if, you, if you make it halfway through and, you, you know, yeah. Anywho, that's not what we came here to talk about. 9-12 is our time, 37 degrees. And we are uh, getting ready to bring our friend Mr. Dave Moffin on to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, his most recent blog, Among the Dogwoods. But we've also got some cool cop stuff we're going to talk about, too. Yeah, we'll do that first because I know KB gets upset if it gets cut off at the end. So we'll, make well sure no, I, I mean, <laughs> that one time that we did it and we put it on the tail end, you, you, it was like a cliffhanger, yeah. man. <laughs> and then it cuts right <laughs> off, did. and all those people are like, what? Right before it got <laughs> good. What? you got to be kidding me. We didn't, uh, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's tune like in a, next week when Dave finishes his story. That's right. It's like a serial show. Or, <laughs> or actually, don't even bother because we're not going to tell you the end. That's right. <laughs> buy the book. If you want to hear more, buy the book. Yeah, it's, that's the way you do it. You know, you give them just enough to get them interested and, and, and leave them hanging, and then you chop it right off. So when does the book come out? <laughs> yeah, it's the, believe me, I'm not ready to do that yet. So you want to start with the uh, you want to start with a cop story? Yeah, I will. I just wanted to talk to you real quick because I heard coming down. You know, you mentioned that the the Camden County Courthouse is closed uh-huh. uh, because I guess a combination of COVID and flu have meant that a lot of people are sick. Um, I don't know what else they could have really done about it when you consider that the, the Department of Health is also closed for the same reason. And you figure if anybody was going to be using all the countermeasures you needed to use to prevent from getting COVID, it would have been the health department. So, I mean, some of this stuff, I don't know if you can really do much about it. Yeah, I think the last meeting you were at, everybody was sick in the room. And you right. were trying to hold your breath for the, the yeah. hour of that meeting. I survived. I came out intact. <laughs> That's probably because my body is 80% water. Uh, 5% dip and 15% bourbon. So <laughs> I, I have the perfect combination. And, and I like your shirt, by the way, oh, yeah. which, which kind of adds to that a little bit more. Drink local, it says. Ozark Distillery. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and there's a lot to be said about uh, fighting off a cold and using alcohol. I think I had my first hot, well, it wasn't a hot toddy. It was a 7 and 7, uh, probably at the age of uh, 8 or 9. Yeah, I mean, when you look back to the, the roots of the Ozark people, whiskey was definitely a major uh, component even back in the 1800s. Of course, they had a life expectancy probably around 47, <laughs> so I don't know if that's a great example. I'm just counting on Bill to keep that liver warm for me for as long as I'm going to need that when that's he's right. done with it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, so the, it, there has been closures, but uh, there were some things that came up, but we're going to go into this story first. And this isn't a story about me. It's more I had a friend send me this story, so it's actually something that happened uh, to some LAPD officers recently. It actually occurred back in 2017, but the officers were basically terminated by Board of Rights, and then they were dumb enough to try to appeal that termination, which meant that it went to the appellate courts, and then when the appellate courts made their decision to support the termination, it was then published, and then everyone got to read what these officers did to earn their termination. And if there was probably ever a case of an internal investigation where maybe capital punishment was justified at the end, this might be the one that that would, would justify it. So you have two officers that are working uh, what's called a foot beat in LAPD. They're down in Southwest Division, which is kind of like right at the northern part of what we'd call South Central area. So it's a very busy division. Uh, You know, it's just a lot of activity. And when you're on a foot beat, you're assigned basically, you're not going to handle radio calls. 
You're basically supposed to just be doing like directed patrol. You're basically setting your own pace. You're going to, uh, their job was they were assigned to the Crenshaw corridor. So they were supposed to be checking in at businesses. Uh, maybe if there's problem areas where there's specific crimes, they can give some extra patrol to that. Uh, it had been a very busy day, a busy Saturday in Southwest Division. They'd already had a homicide. So they had a, a homicide scene set up. And this is, you know, in the afternoon. Not, you don't get a lot of homicides in most areas just in broad daylight, but yeah. this is Southwest. So, uh, and they'd also basically, at that time, they had more calls than cars. So basically, calls start going out of the division. So uh, in LAPD, when, when there's too many calls and no one can handle them, they start then bringing cars in from other divisions to handle calls. That's considered a bad thing from a, a, a point of honor in a division, having other cars have to come in and handle your division because you guys can't handle your business. So. The captain of the division by himself was driving to the homicide scene and he passed by Crenshaw Mall. Right as he passed by Crenshaw Mall, a report came out of a robbery in progress at Crenshaw Mall. So he didn't see anyone, so he just basically bought the call and said, I'll handle that call. Now when your captain by himself buys a dangerous call, that usually is like an electrifying moment for the entire division. And in fact, when he did it, one of the units from the, the crime scene actually broke free of that and did a code three run across the division to come back him up. So they're rolling basically lights and sirens to come back him up across the division. And in daytime, and sometimes when I talk about these stories, it's hard to grasp how busy the city is compared to where we live, where you know, you're going to see some traffic. Daytime surface streets in, in Los Angeles are packed with cars. So now you have a car that's basically driving code three, uh, going through trying to safely clear red lights at the same time as it's weaving around hundreds and hundreds of cars that are bumper to bumper on the streets. And probably some pedestrians too. Right, yeah, yeah. and it, it's a dangerous thing for the mm -hmm. officers and for the, the civilians who are mm -hmm. walking around. So as he's pulling up to the scene, he notices there's a, a patrol car backed up into a alleyway near the mall, and he assumed that maybe it was like a traffic unit or it was a unit from another division maybe that was parked there because they might be on a different frequency and might not have heard the call come out because they're parked literally like, 400 yards away from the Crenshaw Mall with this robbery in progress call coming out. So he hops out of his car, and as he does, he basically says that he's on scene, and then he notices the patrol car starts backing up down the alley away from the mall, turns a left, and drives off. Right when he put himself code six there. So long story short, they end up handling the call, units back it up, and this, the sergeant who was in charge of that footbeat unit had looked, he was in the watch commander's office, he noticed that the, the unit was code six, they had written, code six means you're basically there at scene at the Crenshaw Corridor, which is where the mall is. So he was, thought it was weird, so he tried to get them on the radio, this footbeat unit, and they wouldn't answer the radio. Damn. So he then met with them later on and asked them, hey, did you hear the call? Did you know what was going on? And they were like, oh, we didn't hear the call because we were at a, uh, a park and there was a big festival going on and the music was really loud, and so we might have missed it on the radio. So he basically counseled them and said, you know, you need to pay attention to your radio. It's, it's how we stay alive out here. You can't just go off the radio. And so they were, okay, okay. So the next day, he still had a bad feeling kind of about the whole incident. So with LAPD, they don't just have body cameras. They also have like a dashboard uh, recording uh, device in the, in the car. So maybe when you go out on a traffic stop or stuff like that, it'll activate. A lot of departments have these things that will record. So he said, you know what, I'm going to review their dashboard uh, video and audio because he's like, I kind of want to have a better idea of what they're actually doing out there because you know, he was kind of suspicious. Well, when he records them, uh, 
he, he basically, when he, I'm sorry, when he reviews the recording, he hears the call come out and he hears them talking about the call. So it's not that they didn't hear the call, it's that they, they decided that they weren't gonna go to it. And uh, so basically they were like, th when they were code six on it, do you hear him say like, hey, should we take that call? And the other guy's like, nah, let's not take it. And he's like, well, now the captain just took it. Should we? And the, guy's, the other guy says, yeah, we don't want to be his backup or something like that. Like, we don't want to back him up. And, I was, and it's like, okay, because now this guy's at risk. I mean, you don't know what could, it could be an armed robbery at the mall. Now you basically just let your captain roll in. Uh, yeah. Doesn't have a great, I, probably didn't make the captain feel too great about how the guys at his station <laughs> feel about him. But, so, but then it got even worse because uh, you can still hear them talking. And one of them is like, hey, there's a Snorlax over at this location at this intersection. Let's go over there. So meanwhile, this call's going in. And I, I don't know what like a Snorlax is because I'm, a, I'm an adult, so I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if callers know what a Snorlax is. But these, apparently these, these two coppers were playing Pokemon, some Pokemon Go game on their phone while they're supposed to be out on patrol. And so they're basically talking about how they're going to get over to where the Snorlax is. And then they drive over there, and then they're fight. You can hear audio of them fighting the Snorlax on their phones. So I guess like, uh, it, with and again, I'm happy for anyone to call and correct me on how this game works because <laughs> as a point of pride, I'm going to say I've never played this game. But basically, you it gives you like a geographical location. You go to the location and you uh, can use your phone, and it shows this Pokemon on the phone, and then you can fight the Pokemon. You can get killed doing that. <laughs> Well, I guess they or are at least shot at. <laughs> so, so they go to this location, and then you can hear on the audio them fighting the Snorlax and talking yeah. about. It was kind of police training, is what <laughs> this is, right? I mean, is that a stat for them on patrol? I don't know how many Pokemon did you catch while you were out on patrol today. So is it a misdemeanor stat? I'm not sure what it would be, but yeah. So you can hear them basically fighting the Snorlax, and then they're like, "Oh man, that was tough. Like that was a really rough one." And then like, "Oh, a Tegetic just showed up at this location. Let's get over there." So these guys are just driving around. They're not doing any work that they're supposed to actually be doing, and uh, and so you can hear them again fighting the Tegetic, and he's like, "Oh man, this guy's really killing me. He's really..." F and so it's just like, "What is what is happening? Like what is going on these days with?" And, so you probably uh, do you have more to this story because yeah let him finish i'm no, excited I'm, no. on, I'm on the edge of my seat here. did they get the tegetic or not uh, is that the question <laughs> no no i, I, I don't care less about that i mean <laughs> so basically so the the sergeant you can only imagine what's going through the sergeant's mind as he's reviewing this 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 audio recording you know mm -hmm. i mean you're working in one of the, probably one of the most dangerous cities on a ten thousand a department that has 10,000 officers with a reputation for being professional. Yeah, and right. uh, here you're listening to these two yahoos in their car putting their own station commander in danger, not picking up the load, not doing their work. Mm -hmm. And uh, just as far as a work ethic perspective, it's pretty shocking. Right. They then tried to defend themselves. I guess then it was turned over to Internal Affairs. Internal Affairs did an investigation. And Internal Affairs in LAPD is like 200 officers, 200 detectives. So it's a very large section. And uh, they tried to say like, oh, we were just talking about the game or we were like, they basically were trying to deny that they were actually playing the game, just maybe out of sheer embarrassment they were trying at that point. So it went to a board of rights, uh, the officers got terminated. Their argument was that they didn't feel like the uh, dashboard audio should have been used against them because it, you know, it was inadvertently captured. It wasn't really related to any particular uh, crime incident. I guess the argument could have been made that they weren't fighting any crime that day, so maybe that, that didn't apply. Uh, 
Uh-huh. Apparently, in their minds, they were fighting crime. Right. Or, or on their phones, they were. Yeah, how much <clears> of a threat <throat> is Pokemon to Los Angeles? I don't know. Maybe it's a big problem. It might be an issue. Well, it, it, I guess it's their fault because they should have been, uh, been, been aware of the fact that this dashboard camera was on. Yeah, I think that's so. One of the interesting things to think about the the dashboard cameras and the body cameras is while I think officers are resistant to it initially, it's turned out that it's actually gotten a lot of really great evidence and video. One, it it gets rid of guys like this who are lazy and don't do their jobs. Uh, there's also been officers who've been caught being corrupt, planning evidence on people because they forget that their body camera is going. Um, it also allows people to actually see what jerks suspects can be like out on the street because you know later on the person comes to court and they're like oh i was so nice and the officers were terrible and then you can play the video and the jury actually gets to see how the people were actually acting towards the officers Mm -hmm. and the jury's like wait a second so so i think most officers who've been around long enough for doing their jobs actually probably like the fact that they have body camera stuff Mm -hmm. the only downside of it i think is sometimes some of the cameras, or maybe most of them, operate where once they're activated, it actually saves the 30 or 45 seconds before you activated it. So it would kind of suck to be talking to your partner about something private, and then suddenly something happens, and you press your activation button, and now that is now part of the official recording. But I guess you just have to get used to the fact that you know that's how the job's going to be. Yeah. You know. how, how can it record something? before it's activated. Well, the idea is it's recording. Is it on all the time, it's, really? It's, I think the idea is it's always recording, but it just doesn't save the recording until it's activated. Yeah. You know, it's similar to... Uh, and they, they probably build a little cushion in it to make sure they don't miss anything. Right, exactly, because yeah. you might turn it on late. Right. Your first instinct is not in a shooting, to someone shooting at you to be like, oh my gosh, let me turn on my body camera right now yeah. so I can, I can record this for posterity. You know, you're trying to get your gun out and all that stuff and yeah. get in the gunfight. So so these guys were terminated, but that's not the end of the story. Well, they, they appealed it, yeah. and, and then they went now to the— how could— You, you have know. to wonder about that. I know. <laughs> it's just insane. Like, really, why would you want to go back and work for a department where you would be known as the two guys, the two Pokemon guys? <laughs> I, think I would say that. maybe, you know, you, you enjoy being a police officer, so maybe this time you pack up your family and move cross-country and try to get a job somewhere on the East Coast. Oh, and by the way, this is not, I'm not, tell, this is not me in the story, just so anyone knows. I didn't, I didn't move out here because I was busted for fighting Pokemon. No, he's, he, he's, a, he's retired. <laughs> That's right. But, yeah, so it, it is kind of crazy when you think about it. But, it, yeah, it's just these two people should never have been police officers, you know. It is a calling, and uh, it's something where you need to be really committed to the job. And I think it's true, though. After five, six years as police officers, they can get kind of jaded a little bit, and they maybe start to forget uh, how bad they wanted to be cops when they first got on the job, how excited they were to go right. to the academy. They start to take it for granted that they have that badge. Yeah, I mean, these guys aren't just hired off the street. They, they actually d- did have some dedication at some point. Yeah, I mean, they've been, they've been, uh, they took psychological tests to get on the job. They went through the whole hiring process. They made it through the academy, and uh, they get out there, and after a while, then they're just being lazy. It's just sheer laziness. So. And just the, the infuriating thing for me, the Pokemon thing was ridiculous. Um, but the infuriating thing for me is not backing up another officer when you know there's no excuse for that. And that's just, you know, I mean, I've seen it happen sometimes where guys are, don't respond or maybe don't listen to the radio. And you're going to a hot call and you, see, you pass another unit and you're like, what's that guy doing? Like, 
or he's at a coffee shop or something and you're rolling to a call that those people have no business being in police work so and i, I guess like everything else there's people that uh, get along and there's people that don't get along and when you hear who it is you just uh decide well eh, i really don't care for that guy so if something happens to him so be it yeah i mean not everybody's going to love everybody on the same shift right so you but i think there is kind of responsibility now there were guys on my shifts we had a guy called uh, 415 cobe who and 4.15 in LAPD means disturbing the peace. So if Cobe was going to my call, I would rush there to get there as soon as I could before he showed up because he might be backing me because he would, he would usually mess up my entire call before I could even arrive on scene <laughs> and have everyone all angry. So, yeah, you get to know the guys on your shift. And, and yeah, you do have friends who maybe you back up more. I'm going to always back this guy. He's going to be backing me. But, uh, yeah, there's a responsibility to look out for each other. Things that we don't think about. When uh, when we uh, deal with uh, law enforcement. And just the fact that they appealed it. I don't know if they didn't realize that the, when they appealed it, all the details, of, the gruesome details of this. I mean, just listening to their conversations about fighting Pokemon, it's enough to make you want to throw up. Well, you, uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes, like anything else, you get bored with a job. But that's a job where, you know, you really have to be pretty vigilant and stay yeah. on top of things and you've got code seven with lapd you've got lunch it's called code seven you got 45 minutes built into your schedule in the middle where you can request it they could have just fought pokemon during their their lunch break <laughs> <laughs> well you know what they say about karma right yes yeah, so if there's any deputies out there turn off the pokemon right now get back get, get back out there so that's it i just thought it was a funny story it's just a weird thing it shows like kind of the new generation of uh, you know, and the, the fact that the police have phones now. We didn't have that kind of stuff when I was on patrol. You just were in the car, you had your radio and your partner, and you just rolled around, and yeah. we didn't have the same distractions. That doesn't mean guys didn't get in trouble and do stuff they weren't supposed to be doing. We mentioned the Vegas ride. I was just time. thinking the exact <laughs> same thing, Dave. Absolutely. Now, See if we can go out. Yeah. Now, the, the Vegas run is the thing, though, because it was it, that that is generally an older uh, tradition the Vegas run and we talked about it a, a couple shows ago I think with the Vegas yeah. run where basically a unit would decide a, a night watch unit would decide they were going to make a Vegas run the whole idea was that all the other guys on your shift would then cover all your calls because it's tough because if you're 9 Adam 46 and you're halfway to Baker Nevada uh, you aren't hearing your radio anymore uh -huh. so when the dispatch is like 9 Adam 46 then other units have to be like okay send us that message for 9 because they're all trying to cover for you so no one knows but it's really not a thing that happens as much anymore because frankly if a LAPD unit shows up in the middle of Vegas it's whoops get a quick picture turn around get the heck out of there and and get back we've got to take a break here at the bottom of the hour Stacey Johnson with a check of local news from lakeexpo.com and Chris Schneider from Lake TV with a check of sports on the key and more of Dave Maupin coming up uh, we're going to kind of get back to the topic at hand with, uh, uh, I guess, uh, Dave had the opportunity to attend a Lind Creek uh, annexation meeting, and we'll find out what else was going on with the Camden County Commission right here on the key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, January 14th. A Versailles man was seriously injured Wednesday in a crash on Missouri 5. 
32-year-old Andrew Martinez was driving when the vehicle traveled off the right side of the roadway, struck numerous embankments, became airborne, and overturned multiple times. Martinez sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. According to the crash report, Martinez was not wearing a seatbelt. It's been a quiet winter so far, but snowy weather may finally be here. With the National Weather Service predicting up to two inches of snow for the lake area from Friday night to Saturday evening, there's a 93% possibility that the lake area receives at least a trace of snow, a 61% chance getting at least two inches, and there's 24% chance of four inches or more. The Vintage Vinyl and Book Sale comes to the Camden County Museum this weekend. They'll have a wide selection of records, books, journals, and movies for sale. The event is Friday and Saturday from 9 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, and admission is free. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com, lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. Blues, a nice win at home last night over the Kraken. The Blues will be uh, at home to Toronto tomorrow. High school basketball tonight on Lake TV. The game of the week, Osage at home against Lebanon. Again, you can see that game live tonight on Lake TV. Also tonight, Versailles is at home against Blair Oaks. Blair Oaks, one of the best teams in the state this year. Versailles pretty good too nine and four going into that one you can see osage head coach craig engelbrecht featured on this week's high school basketball coaches show you can see that today at 10 two and six on lake tv how about those chiefs do they have it in them to go to three straight super bowls of course, they've been in the last two. They won the first, lost last year to Tampa. Well, they open up the playoffs at home against Pittsburgh Sunday night. They beat the Steelers 36-10 to just a few weeks ago, the day after Christmas. We'll see if they can do it again. So the uh, schedule for this first week of playoff games in the AFC, the Chiefs and Steelers. The Bills will take on the Patriots, and the Bengals will be at home against the Raiders. The Titans, with the number one seed, have a bye this weekend. In the NFC, the Packers have the first round bye as the number one seed. The Buccaneers will be at home against the Eagles. Dallas at home against the 49ers, and the Rams entertain the Cardinals. The Packers, Bucks, Rams all finished with the best record in the league at 13-4. and The Chiefs, Cowboys, Titans, Cardinals all finished at at 12 and 5. 
College basketball tomorrow. The Mizzou Tigers, after getting drubbed at Arkansas earlier in the week, will be at home to Texas A&M tomorrow. Mizzou is 7-8. and eight. MSU Bears are 11-6. and six. They come off a win this week over Southern Illinois. They will be at Valpo tomorrow. you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows. It's greatness. You can watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90, also absolutely free on Roku and Fire Stick. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. If worldview has such a powerful hold over people, how do we overcome it? Hillary Clinton's mentor, Saul Alinsky, advocated a ruthless process of fragmenting society into classes, using ridicule and peer pressure to change people's minds. Alinsky believed that honorable people would be helpless because they would continue to seek the high road, and the low road would overwhelm them. Donald Trump astutely shook things up by not being such a high road conservative, and the Alinsky-inspired media has gone nuts over it. It's highly entertaining, maybe even game-changing, but not a strategy Bible believers can embrace. We are called to be salt and light in order to overcome the worldview of the enemy. The hero of a superhero show was told that his real power was his goodness. The Lord's goodness is our superpower, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this present darkness. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. It is 9.36. We welcome you back into the final 24 minutes of The Daily Show. Our guest is Dave Maupin, and uh, now we'll get down to business with Dave and talk a little bit about what's happening around the area. Just to let you know, we're at about uh, 36 degrees, 51 the high, about uh, 30 degrees for the overnight low. We'll get that rain tonight. It'll start uh, slowly changing over to snow, 38 the high, expecting about 2 to 4 inches. Folks, you know what to do, so just do it. And I heard an interesting story this morning about uh, preparing for a power outage if something like that should, should happen. But uh, if you're preparing for the snow event, more than likely, you're prepared for a power outage as well. Just don't wait till the last minute. Oh, it's snowing. I better go to the store and get my bread and milk. And then when you get there, you don't understand why all the uh, the shelves are bare. You know, they were in there yesterday. I, I I saw a couple of ladies eyeing the same loaf of bread. Didn't want to get in the middle of that one. Not at all. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dave, of course you uh, you have your blog among the dogwoods, and, and and just I know I ask you to do this every week, but somebody somewhere will say, well, I don't know how to I don't know how to get Dave's blog. Help me, please. Oh, yeah. No, I don't mind. Yeah, so the uh, the, the blog's amongthedogwoods.blog. If you just do Google Among the Dogwoods, it should come up. And on the homepage, there's basically a couple sections. There's a Camden County section where I, I basically talk a lot about, I write about, about political meetings and school board meetings. There's a tall tale section where I kind of just write some stories about uh, my experience as a police officer and other, other things. Uh, very, very little Pokemon content, so don't worry about that. You're not going to have to hear about Pokemon. <laughs> the, uh, and, and at the bottom of the homepage, if you go to it, there's a portion in there where you can uh, put your email in and press subscribe, and that way you get updates whenever I write something. You don't have to rely on Facebook or anything else to notify you. You'll get it emailed straight to you. So There you go. Off and running. Where do we start this morning, Dave? Uh, January 10th, we had a uh, School of the Osage Board of Education meeting. So it was 6 p.m., 
And, you know, there's been various different venues for this meeting. When I went to the one in November, we were in a tiny little conference room where you could actually probably have reached into the coat pocket of a board member and taken their <laughs> wallet out. Uh, the second one was then in the giant cafetorium. Uh, there were police there. There were all the maroon shirt people. And it was a much bigger event. And this one was going to be scheduled. It was scheduled in the auditorium at Osage High School. So uh, I had heard that they were basically having it there so that because of the sound systems better so they thought it might be better for sound um, when i pulled in the parking lot wasn't that full uh, as opposed to the december meeting where there'd been a ton of people in the parking lot um, there were in all i think maybe maybe like 20 25 people in the audience at the theater the sound was better except i think the middle microphone wasn't turned on so made it kind of hard to hear what was going on in the center of the board i didn't really want to say anything about it because i didn't want to get in trouble for for making a fuss or inciting anything. a riot <laughs> that's right <laughs> terrorizing anyone uh so it th there was also no public comment in this section in this meeting because it's actually a working session so i guess they don't allow public comment during working sessions it's only open sessions so that's going to be the the next meeting in january is going to be the one where people can come in and, and speak publicly the uh it was interesting because there were people there i think from who did support the school system and, and i think we all do but um they, they do the Pledge of Allegiance, they, they rustled up an American flag, they put it up there, they did the Pledge of Allegiance, and then they do like the, uh, the mission statement, they all recite, they chant the mission statement all together in unison. I don't know the mission statement for the school, but I could hear people behind me also like saying it in unison with the board, mm -hmm. so I assume they're friends. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they break into Lee Greenwood's "God Bless the USA." Thank God, no, yes. <laughs> but they're, they're, that's that's one great thing about the meeting: no Lee Greenwood. But yes, yeah, so uh, so that happened. There were obviously some people there who maybe were former teachers or maybe retired uh, administrators because they knew this mission statement, or they're just particularly into memorizing mission statements and they wanted yeah. to. Uh, to say it, I don't. I don't remember my public school having a mission statement. Yeah, I think that's. Isn't it that used to be. Uh, hey, reading, writing, arithmetic. That's right. <laughs> the three R's. Sit down, shut up, and learn something, kid. Yeah, I think that's maybe more a modern thing for organizations now. Yeah. Um, it, the, I did kind of notice. I don't know what she was doing, but the superintendent did look like she was kind of looking in the audience, writing something down, looking over at another part of the audience, writing something down. Did you keep your mouth moving during the mission statement just so to, to pretend you knew it? No, I just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe I need to learn it. I don't know. My, I did wear my Osage ball cap. I wanted to make sure I, I looked like <laughs> whichever side they would think I was on, I wanted to be okay. Um, they taped off the first three rows of the seats of the theater. Well, so. Again, that was kind of bizarre. I thought, oh, maybe there's going to be a lot of guests or speakers that are going to sit in these seats in the front. Turns out, no, they just didn't want anybody sitting in those mm -hmm. seats. Yeah. So it is interesting. It that like a buffer zone. It was yeah. like a buffer was, zone. A moat. Like, our, like our pickleball net right here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was like a DMZ to keep the parents away from the board. <laughs> Which is, again, funny because the November meeting, you were literally sitting in their laps <laughs> when you were there. But now, now we can't get close. It's um, like what the what, what the guy says in Jaws. You're going to need a bigger boat, yeah, right? So I and and you know I try to just keep quiet. And I just pay attention. And I just stare at them, which which my wife says makes people feel uncomfortable <laughs> when I stare. But I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just there to write about it. I try not to get too involved in the actual thing. So this yeah, I mentioned there's no public comment. Uh, they do a good job of putting the documents and everything up online, so you can read a lot of the documents that I'm going to talk about. There's also a link uh, on my blog article about it. 
the the only downside is the internet's really bad at the school so if they i think they put them up just before the meeting which makes it hard to actually see what they're talking about while they're talking about it because mm -hmm. you can't download them because you can't get internet access um they went over financial documents they they went over the bills those were all approved uh, monthly attendance report came out i guess in december uh, attendance was down two and a half percent from last year in december most parents were saying it was because of flu and covid type symptoms mm -hmm. um one of the board members, Derek Steen, also said we did have that TikTok threat day during December, so I guess attendance was very low on that day. So that could probably account for some of the reduction in attendance. Yeah, I read a story recently where attendance is down almost everywhere in the country. Yeah, I think kids are sick and parents maybe aren't feeling well. And I think December is generally not a great month for school anyway because mm -hmm. you've got that Thanksgiving break couple weeks and then you've got Christmas break coming up so yeah I don't know how much gets done in December it's probably a notoriously rough month to teach the kids anyway uh, the, one of the big things that, that was mentioned there was a scope of work uh, uh, presentation by the architects the, uh, Osage is going to build like a safe room behind the middle school by the soc soccer field mm -hmm. it's going to be like kind of a high wind event like storm type shelter you know, it'll, it'll like you can handle like over like 500, more than 500 kids can go back there in case I guess there's a tornado or something like that. And they got a FEMA grant for it. They're also going to be able to use it when it's not being used for that as like a maybe they're talking about using it as a wrestling room, uh, some coaches uh, offices, a locker room. They could use it for training, kind of like a multi-purpose space for them. So the bill's going to come in at around 2.7 to 3.3 or three million dollars, basically 2.7 to 3 million. And they got a big FEMA grant, though, that's going to cover about a million of that, so a little bit over a million of that. So it was a good presentation. The guy basically explained uh, how they're going to put it out for bid. It's going to go out. They're going to advertise the bid on the 18th. Uh, the bids will be due on February 22nd. They're going to, they're going to, uh, they're basically going to keep, I think it's actually maybe on the 8th the bids are going out. I don't know. So, but yeah, so there's, in February, that's when the bidding process is going to go out. They're going to uh, vet the uh, bidders to make sure they're all qualified to perform the work and then uh, they're due on the 22nd so uh, they're hoping to get approval for the bids late February and at that February meeting that board meeting and uh, it seemed like it's pretty organized as far as the guys this this seems like these guys have done this before they mm -hmm. think they're going to have bidders for the project um, they expect it's going to take 15 months for construction and they're hoping to have it done by June July of 2023. Yeah, very short time frame, so very efficient if they do it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think the basic, yeah. f it's basically a giant concrete building. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not for or against it, but it does show you how sometimes these grants cause you to actually have to spend money. Right. Because I mean, you're getting a third of the cost of it. Correct, yeah, so they're going to spend about $2 million extra. Right. But it, I mean, it is probably a good idea if, if you don't have that kind of shelter for the kids, it is there to serve a purpose. And mm -hmm. if they can get it to be used for other things, like like training and, and I don't know, the, I don't know if there, how much need there is for wrestling, but if that's something they needed. Yeah, we also had somebody from emergency management on a few days ago, and they said there's a shortage of shelters for the public. So maybe after school hours, if there was a hurricane warning or a tornado warning, we don't have hurricanes, tornado warning, that might be a place that they'd open up for the public to, to yeah. get shelter. Yeah, they need to, I think it's Miller County, so whoever the Miller County EMA is, they could probably talk with them. Uh, then there were a bunch of contracts that, that had to be signed, and so the superintendent needs board approval to sign contracts, I guess. Um, there was one for a speech therapy agreement. There was one for what's called the Carl Perkins Consortium Agreement, and that's basically where 
It's for career education. Camdenton, it's an agreement where Camdenton is going to be like the fiscal agent for other school districts like Osage and, and uh, some of the other high schools out here. They all basically have Camdenton as their source. And it's like a lot of like uh, career type training, like ag education and stuff like that. Carl Perkins, interesting tie in there. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the guy. D uh, blue suede shoes? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the same one? I don't know if it's the same one. <laughs> Could be a different Carl Perkins. <laughs> Yeah, so, so that came up. The, the uh, third contract was for a direct deposit agreement with NLX, which I thought was NLX, <laughs> but it's actually NLX. So thank, thank goodness a district, uh, one of the board members asked for clarification on that because otherwise I think that, that could have caused a lot of uh, <laughs> issues. Uh -huh. Terrible name for a company. Don't know why they would name their company that. But basically it's for uh, uh, electrical rebates. So when, when there's an opportunity for them to have, use less power in the school district, uh, they get notified, they can then uh, lower their electrical consumption and they, the school district can actually get a rebate back from the, the energy company. And then this, is, this sets up the direct deposit so they can get that payment. And then the final one was for blue frame technology. Oh, the fourth one was for a funding for the, the multi-purpose safe room thing that I just mentioned. The final one was for blue frame technology. It was to uh, authorize them to send video to the Missouri High School Association so they could put that up on their website of like basketball games so they can actually be broadcast on their platform so people can watch the games through their platform. So. Trying to cut those radio guys out of it yet again. <laughs> <laughs> so if there, were, uh, if there yeah. were a bunch of committee assignments um, the, the big thing I think that came out was they changed their public, they're going to talk about changing their public participation rules. Um, they're now going to allow, previously you couldn't speak to the board unless it was on, about something that was on the agenda. Mm -hmm. um, they've changed that to now basically you can talk about anything as long as you're going to be respectful and they'll give you three minutes to talk about it. The downside is they're going to put a total max of 30 minutes for public participation per meeting and they also said that it's restricted to district residents, district employees, parents, guardians of district students, alumni, former employees, and owners of, bus of district businesses. So basically, if you aren't in the district and you don't have a kid in the district, they won't let you come talk to them in public participation. And I think there's probably some people in the community that they would rather not come talk to them. And so that's why they've written that. So they I think we've interviewed one of those people yeah, I think so. several times. <laughs> She's got a great name for a show. Yeah. I think that's, that's the best show name I've ever heard. Yeah. The Dave Maupin show would not be good. That's I a, don't know. It, it, has pos it has potential. That sounds like a show where I talk about how to fix your vacuum cleaners at home or something. <laughs> like, that's just not, I don't think that's going to draw people in. Uh, the, the last was the, the parent survey. Um, and so basically the thing that jumped out at me was, and I reviewed the documents later, is you know only 221 people participated in the Osage Parent Survey this year. Mm -hmm. um, in 2018 it was 840, next year it was 823, then it dropped to 399, mm -hmm. then it dropped to 221. Um, so I think it's great to have a survey and everything and listen to the results, but you really have to wonder why is participation dropping off. You know, we've seen this before where like, for example, at the public notice for the PNC meetings where uh, Commissioner Hasty said, yeah, we gave public notice, but no, no one showed up. It was the strangest thing. Well, that should maybe ask you, like, is the way we're noticing meetings the correct way? Is sure. this the way we should be doing it? And when you, when, you, when you put out a survey and only 221 parents participate, you, I think you need to look at that and say, is the way we're providing this survey people, the, the maybe there's different ways we could do this. Yeah, maybe the first time was a novelty, and then some of them 
did the survey and they didn't get any feedback, so they thought, what's the point of this? Yeah, right. So they, there has to be some way to involve them. Well, and the interesting thing is that of 221 of those, 118 of them were from the Heritage Elementary School. Because I think, I think one reason is I think elementary parents maybe are a little bit more in less jaded because they're just coming into the system and also i guess they did a lot more parent conferences in person and the teachers i think would have the ipad right there with the survey so they were able to say hey here's a survey and then the i mean also it's a question of like should the, they be doing it with the teacher staring right at them you're not going to be like one star one star like <laughs> the person you're rating is literally the same room with you but you know that's just me and it's on her device or his device <laughs> that's know. right she's like i'll i'll submit this maybe i'll submit this for you no i'm sure that didn't happen but uh but yeah so that's concerning basically out of osage high school osage middle school and the other uh, upper elementary school only about 100 parents participated in the survey so mm -hmm. that should ask like is this survey that valuable if it's such a small percentage of the parents so you know, is, is it something that they sent out to the parents? I guess it goes out in email. So it, I think they did send it out. It's right. just so. we get these emails. I mean, we get long emails from the, super, the superintendent, right. which is great. But, I mean, you know, when you keep getting them, I think after a while there is a process. where Well, maybe and I wonder if that's similar to what you and I have discussed about the uh, propaganda that goes out from the Camdenton School District, their, yeah, their newsletter, right. mm -hmm. which they could probably say, I don't know, well, I'd, yeah, it depends on what it costs. They it's could save almost all it's of it. It's a it's a nice publication. <laughs> it really is. Is it glossy? Yeah. Oh, no, it it's is. beautiful. Very glossy. It's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> High dollar stuff. Do you know how many students there are in School of the Osage offhand? I would. You mean the actual high school? Yeah, I guess the I, whole. I would, I would. I don't know right offhand how many there are. Because I, I, as you were mentioning the shelter, I was wondering if that shelters all of the students or just the best ones or. I, I, would, I would guess that it's the middle school The students. ones who get there fastest. <laughs> no, just from having seen the school, uh, you know, my kids go to the school. I think the middle school is probably around 500 kids. Oh. I think the high school is probably the same size, five, 600 kids maybe. Yeah. That sounds about what it should be. It sounds about right. Yeah, you don't want to have four kids uh, <laughs> yeah. on the outside hold, holding on to grips. Yeah, we couldn't get, on, <laughs> we couldn't get in the, into the ark, you know. <laughs> hold on to the handlebars, kids. Hang in there. Yeah, so, so that was that meeting. It's you know it was okay. I think the the it, the the changes to the public participation section. There's some good and some bad there. I, I you know. I could see I can see why they'd want to limit the time because they have to conduct a meeting and they don't want it to go for five hours every night. Yeah, I mean I would say maybe try it and if it becomes a problem maybe then you can put a limit on it. And this was just a first reading of it, so it's not set in stone. This is just something they're going to talk about. They also talked about the student calendar for next year. There's been people upset about the fact that they shortened Christmas break. There was a lot of back and forth about it. It's going to be d addressed at a, quite a few meetings in the future, so you know, that's not a done deal anyway. So so that was that one. I then went to the January 13th Lynn Creek meeting. Uh, the long and the short of this one, uh, Bill will probably be... W was that at City Hall? It was at City so Hall. So there, there couldn't be hundreds of people there. There were probably like 50 people in there. It was a wow, full house. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So about a quarter of the people, basically this was about annexation. Uh, Lake of the Ozarks Council of Local Governments was giving a presentation. They're going to be helping Lynn Creek, I guess, develop like a strategic plan for the future. Mm. Um, basically the way they're presenting it is... Uh, Lynn Creek is small. In fact, the population officially has gone down, I, th I think it was around 211 or something like that, 216. So the issue, as far as they're talking, is Camdenton is expanding northwards. Osage Beach is expanding southwards. 
Lynn Creek, their concern is that Lynn Creek is eventually going to run out of any room if it wants to expand. It'll basically get sandwiched between two cities that are kind of slowly encroaching closer and closer. Mm. Um, so some of the problems, then basically, so they're talking about annexing. They're only asking uh, people who live adjacent to the city limits. They're offering them a, an opportunity to see if they want to be annexed into the city. It, it will be, they're, they're, they say it will be totally voluntary. Um, one of the problems is the guy kept saying, grab, like the city can reach out and grab these businesses. And, and at one point, I think someone said, can you stop using that word? Because, you know, it's like you're making people upset. <laughs> yeah, it sounds kind of creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not voluntary. And the owner of Big Surf was there, and he was pretty vocal about it. Darren, yeah. Yeah, Darren basically, kind. they ran what you would call a flagpole grab, where you, you run a tiny little pole up along the, uh, the 54, and then you grab the flag at the end. So they... There's a tiny little strip of, of, yeah. of Lynn Creek property running along 54, and then they grab all that property up there. And he basically said over the past 30 years, he's paid like $2 million in sales tax, and he gets no services from Lynn Creek. Mm -hmm. So, th and, and these guys are like, hey, well, then we're not those people that did that, but I think there's a lot of concern and, and bitterness about some of the stuff that happened. Uh, and so people are suspicious whenever you start trying to talk about annexation. Right. And the other issue is, while the annexation they're talking about is voluntary, and you know they were basically going over the issues, the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, the threats to Lynn Creek, they were getting the people to participate kind of in a big public discussion. Um, one of the things is annexation doesn't have to be voluntary. Um, they can, a city can forcefully annex you by using voting procedures. The challenge for businesses when they operate in a city is if they don't live in the city, they don't vote in the city. So you can actually have votes where Things are being affecting your business, but because you're not a, a resident in the city, you don't get a voice in what's happening. Yeah, I think it's also true that the sales tax rate is higher in Lynn Creek than Somebody elsewhere. said it's 3%. Yeah. So that's pretty high. Well, and you don't provide any real service either. Most of your services have got to come from Osage Beach or Camdenton, depending on who ends up getting the call. Uh, certainly fire service, ambulance service. They've got, you know, a police department of, what, two officers? Yeah, I mean, a the chief and, and, uh, and another officer. And it can create a, a cycle where you don't have enough residents to really have the revenue to provide a lot of services. And so then when you tell people we want you to join our city to grow, they're like, why would we join your city when you don't have any services to offer us? Mm -hmm. Like you're basically saying our sales tax is going to go up if you're a business, mm -hmm. but like you're not bringing anything to the table to offer us a benefit for why that would happen. Mm -hmm. and, and Link Creek, you know, I'm, I'm not a resident there, but I've driven through there. I like, I go to the Camden County Museum quite a bit because yeah. I'm a history nerd. And so uh, it, it's an interesting downtown because it's like people were saying, oh, I want it, maybe we could have a cafe or a restaurant. But the downtown is very industrial business oriented mm -hmm. and it's kind of dominated by a few businesses downtown who own all the property. So right. where would you develop, you're not, Lynn Creek could probably benefit from having like a quaint little downtown with small shops and you could kind of go, but where would that be? It's not really. Yeah. Oh, there's a soccer park there too. There is a soccer park. People mentioned that. And there actually are a lot of little, little uh, homes that could be converted into businesses to make it kind of like a quaint downtown. We'll it, put you it, in charge of that. Well, when used I, to be an alderman there. Yeah, I used to live there, and I was an alderman, and, and it always seemed like it's, it's one of those few flat places at the lake. You could actually go out bicycling and walking around town, and it's, it's, it's a nice setting. 
and it w- it's unfortunate that it hasn't developed into something. Yeah, yeah, I think they said it has only 97 homes. So the, the issue is that when something goes for, uh, for sale in Link Creek, it sells right away. Mm-hmm. Like nothing stays on the market because there are people who want that kind of hometown field. It's kind of secluded. It's you, you know everybody. But, you know, there's and that's kind of the stuff that the council guys were talking about where they're saying, well, there's land and everything, but we need people to build on that land to develop more. So. And, and it's one of those things where the people who might do that are skeptical because there's just not enough people to support a business. Yeah. And so there's kind of this chicken and the egg phenomenon. That's right. If this strip of businesses were there, it would attract people from the two neighboring towns. It'd be a nice tourist place. But We're just about out of time, gentlemen. But as always, Dave, thank you for uh, the entertaining law enforcement story. Hope so. And uh, the school board update and the annexation update as well. We'll have you back here next Friday, weather permitting. I, I think we'll be fine. I have four-wheel drive. I'll be okay. I have All nitrogen right. tires. Uh, nitrogen tires. That's <laughs> it. 40 degrees, folks. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here Monday morning to uh, to talk a little bit with some folks, uh, Judy Crawford and uh, Bob Robinson from Lanai. They've got a program going on to help out folks who may have an issue with